0: Alright guys, it is the boys from the Nitrogen Gem podcast. I kind of feel like that's the boys from the Dwarf kind of thing, from Red Dwarf back in the day. Um, yeah, we're back. I'm so glad I'm psyched to be back as well. Uh, it feels like forever day since we recorded a podcast like this, Brian. Um, Nitro 48 going down on the 12th of August 1996 uh, in, quote, the middle of nowhere, uh, end quote. <laughs> Casper, Wyoming. Casper Event Centre with 6,408 people in attendance. Yes! We're finally back to some decent attendances, a decent arena, and hopefully some decent wrestling action. How are you, Brian? How's life been treating you over the past two years that we've not done a podcast?
1: Well, it's funny you should say that, because I've just been thinking, this podcast has been nitro in name only recently, because we haven't done any nitro in at least six weeks. (laughs) It has been fucking mental. Of course, uh, I have been working different hours, and you've been working 18 fucking days in a row like a mad man. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I'm actually, we're actually recording this, I've actually finished work just a couple of hours ago after starting at five o'clock this morning, so uh, I am a little bit tired, but I'm cracker-lacking, I'm ready to go. Yes, with that
0: um, double espresso shot. Is it the Starbucks one you've gone for, is it the It is,
1: one? yes. I, uh, on my way out of work, I grabbed three cans of the stuff. I'm like, I'm going to fucking need this, because I, I had no time to nap when I got home, guys, so we just had to jump straight into it. Uh, I need my coffee. Uh, I just feel like Steve Austin like, at this moment. Well, a cup of coffee, I'm not worth a damn. Literally. Except it's uh, three cans of coffee, and I'm not worth a damn. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty jealous, to be honest. I do like them uh, espresso shots. There's, there's like three different varieties, and I can't remember which one it is that I really like.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we at work now, we do four different varieties. We have the double espresso shot that comes in the cans. We have the frappuccino that comes in the bottle. And there's two different that come in those uh, cartons. There's one that's a caramel macchiato, and the other one, I think, is a latte.
0: Right, I think it's the caramel macchiato one that I like. I usually oh. have one of them before a driving lesson or something like that, just to perk me up.
1: Yeah, I I do like the caramel macchiatos. The cold ones are okay, but if I go into Starbucks, it is my drink of choice. Don't yeah, really no. like Starbucks all that much, but their iced drinks are fucking lovely.
0: Good choice. They are,
1: yeah. they are a lifesaver, especially when i have been doing these mornings. Like, we've got a vending machine upstairs, and the coffee out of it is fucking shite. <laughs> you know, you may as well just put a bit of coffee in a cup and then piss, and that's it. Because that's, it's just fucking water. It's just a water mess. It's awful. So, uh even though these are, like, pound eighty, a can, like, with my staff discount, it's not too bad. I end up getting one or two, depending on how tired I am, and just neck them down on my break.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's inexcusable. Like, you you work in a place, you know, where that sells, like, multiple varieties of different kinds of coffee. You'd think that the coffee would be decent. You could even just go downstairs and get a decent, you know, <laughs> some some decent pods or something like that and just whack it in a pod machine upstairs.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I'm i would saying recommend... that, like, the place that I work, we just have a kettle, so...
1: Well, we have a kettle, but it's it's providing your own coffee, your own milk. And usually when you leave milk in the fridge, somebody fucking nabs it. So the next time you come in, it's not there. And then if you take coffee and everyone just helps themselves. It's like, yeah, it's totally. just one big mess. You know, we've got a friending machine that is currently free to use. Apparently, uh, it will be 20, 20p uh, a coffee sometime soon. So I won't be using that in, in the future. So I was, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'd rather just pay a quid and get a
0: decent coffee. Yeah, you know? definitely. You know, it may be a cool coffee, but it's it's coffee nonetheless, and it's fucking decent stuff. It's a shame we don't really have a decent coffee shop. I mean, we have, we have Delicolo, they do a decent coffee and a decent espresso, but, you know, especially for guys like you who are getting up at the crack of fucking dawn to go and serve the fine public of Darwin, um, you need a, a shop that's open nice and early, over 24 hours, to get you a, a good coffee down your neck.
1: Yeah. I mean, Shout we could pitch... i you...
0: Coffee for that, that's your favourite place.
1: Oh Yes. I was gonna say we could pitch for a drive through in Darwin, but where the fuck would you put it? Like, I'm... they're usually next to the motorways, and but if you're going to Blackburn, there's a, it, there's the Costa Coffee that is uh, near the Peel Centre. It's just basically for those that don't know, it's, it's basically just next to a normal road. It's just a a little retail um, retail parks, a few shops on it. There's one on there. Um, they call it a drive thru but it's not really much of a drive thru considering where it's actually placed. It's more like a, a de sack, if anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we, there's just nowhere like that for uh, in Darwin. I'd suggest knocking little down and putting him on there, but my mate, <laughs> my mate works there, he'll be like, he will stop listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> if a fucking petition for that. So don't want to uh, lose one fine listener at least.
0: Yeah, like you said, there is the one at the service station. Um, where the Again, a bit far, no, out. far out. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be one a little bit more central. But unfortunately, I say unfortunately, you know, that's part of the reason why I moved over here is because it has that sort of novel value where the only the only franchise, or the only chain that we really have uh, is Subway. Um, we don't have, like, anything else that everywhere else has, like Costa Coffee or a Greggs. And, oh, sorry, there's a Greggs as well. Sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> no is Tesco. It- like, there's no... The nearest Tesco is like six miles away. Yeah, <laughs> we're quite we're quite blessed that way to have these uh these niche independent places that are actually making money because they don't have to answer to the um to the corporate bigwigs upstairs. Uh, I do. I have got to admit, I do like that. But yeah, I'm nodding my head,
1: considering that I'm answering to the corporate bigwigs upstairs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's understandable. You've got to, you've got to have a shopping center of some sort, aren't you? You've got you've got to have. You know, somewhere that big to get all your uh, groceries and stuff. Yeah, um, but you yeah. said big. The store that I work in, it's like it's the biggest store in Darwin, but it's yeah. not big. That's what that is what I, I meant. But I get you completely. <laughs> it's just yeah, you do big in, in there. You do like vinyls and all sorts. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah I like going it, in there every now and again to see
1: what you've got. But you make it sound like it's more elaborate than what it is. It's just like this tiny little section with vinyl on.
0: Yeah, it, and there's it's, only ten of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean you, you can't. I I mean, I could just pitch to uh, expand the vinyl section for you, but I don't think
0: they'll go for that. Well, it's always worth asking. <laughs> when you're running the place in a couple of years, we'll just take over that entire music and DVD section and just throw a lot of vinyls in there and open a coffee shop inside as well. Oh, I, fucking w-
1: I really wish there were a coffee shop in there. I mean, uh, one of my colleagues told me a while ago that there used to be an actual bakery counter in there. Like I've been going in there since I was a kid. I do not remember that wow. at all. And he, he's telling me where it was located, and I just can't picture it. Funnily enough, where it was located is where the vinyls are.
0: <laughs> like, oh, right. Yeah, I, I, I thought we would have put it right at the top where the booze is, because there's that little cut-off thing, isn't there, where all the whiskies and stuff are, wines. They might be wines, actually.
1: I, I think it's because it's just uh, where the position of the doors are. So like, yeah. usually, you'd have, have, like, a counter head-on from the doors. Now, at both sides, there, uh, the both ends of the store... The doors are on the side, so you're like if you're going in, you're either turning in and then turning left, or turning in and turning right, just go to a deli counter. It's not exactly right. convenient, really, is it? No. No. Yeah.
0: No. Well, we do. We do still need to meet up for a coffee at uh, Deli Carlo. That is um, ultimate goal now.
1: <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Yes. It's a really good place. We went there this afternoon for for uh, dinner and stuff. It's just Wait, so deli-, deli Carlo, is that the one on Duckworth Street? Is it now called Black Olive? No, it's still Deli Carlo. It's across from... Um the bridgewater directly across it's part of the market oh oh yeah of course you've mentioned this before and i keep forgetting yeah, about it it's a really really nice place really nice people run it um and it's just so it's almost like proper authentic you know italian not pizzas and stuff although they they do like calzones and stuff like that but they're like the it's everything it's just so it's magnificent really really good the pop even down to the pop it's all San pellegrino and, and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's, it's bang on really really good
1: Right, um, we're boring the fucking listeners now.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know, people People like, the, like to know where we're from, but there's people all over the world listening to us and, and, you know, you should visit Darwin, you honestly should, because even though we live here and probably neglect it a little bit more than than we should, I absolutely, I implore like people like Eric Bischoff all the time, I send him tweets all over, he'll say good morning, we are four or whatever, you know, wherever he is in Wyoming, funnily enough, that's where we are for this Nitro. Um and I sent him one of Darwin Tower like months and months ago, and I said, "Dude, next time you're over here, seriously, just hit us up, <laughs> come for a beer or <laughs> something like that." Because he he put on he, he said on one of his podcasts fairly recently was that he, he absolutely loves the 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 ye old British pub, uh, and he just loves to go in and just have a drink and talk to the to, to the to the locals who are usually like seventy year olds sat there with a, a a pint of mild or bitter or whatever, and they've had it for two hours, just reading the newspaper. Um, I want him to come to Darwin and just like burn it down and, and have a pint with us. I think it'd be ace.
1: Yeah, uh, you say you'll you send him a picture of Darwin Tower, which is a tower. It's a, just a stone tower that looks like a penis. Like, <laughs> if he gets the impression that that's a pub, then we've got problems.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you said it's got um, it's got scaffolding around it, hasn't it? Do you know what's oh, yeah. happening with that?
1: Yeah, they're um, they're doing maintenance work on it. I
0: thought the roof had gone again.
1: No, it's been much-needed maintenance work. It's something that they've been trying to budget for for the last couple of years. They finally got all the money together, and they're, yeah, they're getting on with it finally. And it, it is needed. I mean, I went up there a few months ago, and it is quite decrepit. Like right. some of some of the stones are actually falling outside now. So Oof. yeah, it it it's I'd say it's relatively safe, but it won't stand for much longer without the the maintenance work. It's just like any old house, really. Yeah, you do yeah. now and then you need to get the scaffold up and just. Fix all the stonework and, uh, you know, make sure that it's safe to live in. uh Donald Tower, obviously, not somewhere where you live in. Unless you like Vili Valo from him. I mean, I think he bought a, a tower in Helsinki, didn't he, and made it into his home?
0: I have no idea. I didn't yeah, know I
1: remember that. I remember reading an interview with him in Metal Hammer a few years ago about it.
0: Wow. <laughs> I'm a massive him fan. Didn't even know that. That, I, that just makes me love the guy more.
1: Brain dropping the knowledge for once. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. Thanks for that. Yeah, we're, we're we're very blessed around here, and in fact, if you head over to Twitter and go at Brian Talks crap, every now and again when Brian goes out for a long walk, uh, he'll take his Huawei and he, he posts some ma- magnificent pictures of our surrounding areas. We're very very lucky to have what we have around us. Oh uh, yes, whereas the folks in Blackburn, it's a it's a very industrialised town. Um, there's a little bit of countryside, but it kind of gets for- forgotten about in Blackburn. Whereas in Darwin, it doesn't matter where you're going, Darwin, you can always see that countryside. You can it, always see it's Darwin right Tower. on your doorstep. Yes, which absolutely. is really weird
1: because I've lived here all my life, and you know I'm I'm nearly 34 years old, and it was only during lockdown last year where we had our our strict um, rules on exercise, yeah, yeah, you can go out an hour a day, yada yada yada, that I actually started appreciating the countryside that we have here because mm-hmm. I weren't really one for going up to Darwin Tower. I think up until last year I'd only been up to Darwin Tower a couple of times in my life, yeah, and I I've enjoyed going through Ice Woods, but I only really just go. Into the Woods Park, I don't really trek up past that up to Earnsdale Reservoir, and now like, that's one of my favourite spots in the whole of Darwin. Yeah. It's just so fucking relaxing up there. Like if I have had a really really stressful week, I'll just walk up there, and it doesn't matter what weather it is. It could be pissing down. I'll walk up there, and I'll just stand ne- uh, against this stone wall next to the reservoir, and I'll just look at the the hills in the background and Darwin Tower up there. I mean, the pictures do n- not do. That area, of justice. It yes. is so fucking beautiful, there it is. and so relaxing. Yeah. Um, it. If you if you like if you like your British soaps and uh, you watch things like Emmerdale, uh, that gives you a kind of idea of what Dorman's like. Really, the countryside. It's ba- basically the north of England. You yeah. can't go wrong. It's just a lot of it is countryside.
0: Yeah. Just less like plane crashes and murders and stuff like that. We don't have that sort of stuff around here.
1: Well, um, it. It's funny you should say that, because up on the moors, up on Dollar Moors, there is a spot where a, I think it was a, a Polish um, World War Two bomber had actually crashed up there, or, or I think it's somewhat like that anyway. It might have been, it might not have even been a bomber. It might have just been a, a Polish pilot or something. It actually crashed in Dollar Moors, oh. and there's still actually pieces of debris. You know, debris, debris, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there's like <laughs> plane debris and all sorts up there.
0: Holy hell. Yeah. Dropping more I, knowledge on me, Brian. I, I, is, I didn't even hell.
1: know this myself until a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like,
0: what? <laughs>
1: I've lived here all my life, and I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Excellent stuff. So it, apparently it's quite hard to find. Um, there are uh, uh, pages on Facebook that actually have the coordinates and all that, and if you just go onto Google Maps and just follow where it goes, it'll take you up there and all that, but it's, it is a fucking trek to get there. Right. But it, it would just it'd be a really nice adventure just to do on one sunny day. I mean, yeah. actually, I've got I've got ten days off after t- after tomorrow, so i might actually just do that. See if I can <laughs> find see if I can find find the woody debris and just take a picture of it.
0: Yeah, dude. Hey, I tell you what, hit me up if you're ever going up there. I'll see if I can fit it in. Um, yeah, I ain't doing nothing for like the next two weeks, three weeks. Now I'm I'm done. Like all that work, just yeah, wait. Nothing. no work although oh no, i obviously i've got next week at work the week after we're away, and uh but yeah weekends i'm keeping them all to myself now because yeah <laughs> it's really affected me like mentally emotionally, everything, everything just seems to be i'm so angry i'm such an angry individual at this point yeah. in time
1: yeah i i feel you dude i really do like it's yeah. just it's like last minute frustrations with uh the pandemic and all that, and things finally opening up, and you know there's still restrictions and still like this uh, this lingering feeling that, okay, things aren't going to go to plan and we're just going to get thrown back in, and yada, yada, sure. yada. Telegraph fucking fear-mongering as usual. That's the Lancashire Telegraph, not the Daily Telegraph, but no difference, really. No. Uh, but yeah, Lancashire Telegraph a few weeks ago with fear-mongering saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go back into lockdown again because Jake Barry said so, and Jake Barry actually said that. He actually turned around and said that there's no plans to go back into lockdown. Uh, he's only heard this in the media Cough, yeah. cough. The telegraph. Yeah, just one of them things. I mean, it, it, it's it's still rough going here. You know, we're we're so close, and I think we just have that little bit of impatience just to cross the finish line. I suppose.
0: Yeah, totally. And just
1: everything's finally affecting us. I, I mean, I get it. I really do. Yeah. And it's like, I got a notification on my phone this morning saying that uh, as of July the 15th, I think, like the social distancing and masks are, you know, are the restric- those restrictions are going to be lifted. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just doing that i'd rather still do the social distancing at least it makes my job a lot fucking easier <laughs> yeah,
0: I, uh, yeah i said the same and i'm keeping my mask on i don't give a fuck uh, yeah well so, sorry that... to any anti-maskers or anything like that out there but i have not felt any better when it comes to my physical health than i have over the past 18 months so i'm keeping that mask yeah, on. yeah same uh, i've had one long... <laughs> i used to get wanted wanted me to wear a mask for the past fucking two years and then says oh now you don't have to wear a mask because they can't say you must take your mask off (laughs) no i'm gonna stick it to the government on this one i'm sorry
1: yeah i i'm I'm in the same boat like uh we're uh apparently uh this was before the old manager left so i don't know if this is still in place but the idea was we're just going to prolong the mask wearing in store can't really force customers to do it of course but the staff is just going to continue wearing them until we actually feel safe to yes to take them off and and all that whenever whenever that may be but um yeah i'm gonna continue wearing mine for as long as i feel necessary and to be honest with you i think when the winter months come in i might just start wearing it again because like people are just saying like oh yeah well the flu like, flu has finally disappeared that don't happen no more it's like of course because we're all fucking wearing masks yep you know That's it's it. yep. it's not spreading as easily you know and i used to get like a summer cold and i've not had one this year um and i usually get cold really badly in winter all i had was a uh, a fairly bad chest infection, and that was only because I was living with my mum, and I still am. But my mum had a chest infection at the time, and it just spread whilst we we're in the house. It just a, a little lapse in in uh, hygiene in the home, I suppose, or what have you. But yeah, it just spread to me, and I ended up with it. And that was it. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I've not had a cold, I've not had the flu, I've not had anything. I've been fucking
0: great. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is as well, it compresses my beard. It keeps my beard in check. So I'll just wait, I'll wait for that reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't
1: have that. I just have one side of my mask going up into my eye because <laughs> my ears are just not properly aligned, unfortunately. <laughs> I've always had this problem Like wearing glasses and they slant to the side a little bit. It's like, yeah. where the fuck's that? And I like, just try and push it back up and all that. And then it just slants back. And now I've just got it with my mask where it just rises up and it's fucking tickling the bottom of my eye. I'm like, what are you doing? Get out. <sighs> it's the fucking worst. I won't. I won't miss that when I finally take the mask off. But I think you know, it's it's some minor uh, inconvenience. Yeah, it's just bothersome uh, when you're actually trying to uh, fill fridges with meat and your fucking mask is going in your eye.
0: <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Uh, right, we've whittled on a little bit. We're gonna um, just put a quick disclaimer out there as well. There is a football match happening alongside this recording. Uh, it's Spain versus Switzerland. And if we do say, "Oh, Spain have scored," or something like that, or it just drops silent for a couple of seconds, or we do start talking about football again, it's the Euros. We actually, we 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 said we were going to talk about it on the last podcast I watched along with Beth, um, and we didn't even mention it once. So
1: no, we were too busy watching that completely riveting pay per view. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, we're going to get to watch it again, because WCW Nitro here send, our, send us right back to Hogwild, must must be, what, six or seven times during the, the course of this episode? Yeah, uh,
1: I, I didn't even take notes, and am like, because at this point it's tedious, it's like, and then we go back to Hogwild, they're showing stills, they're showing this, we fucking watched it! Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't need to fucking go, if we, do, if we miss a pay-per-view, then this is fine, you know, but I think it's just coming, uh, we're going a little bit overkill with these bonus episodes, I think at this point they're just episodes now. I think yeah. every time there's a pay-per-view coming up, there's like two or three matches that we look forward to, and we're like, yeah, we're going to watch that. I mean, we've got that with um, with Bro coming up. I actually said to you that I saw the card on KGBach, uh, net, and I'm like, yeah, this is a pay-per-view we're going to have to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I- inspired to myself, because it's probably going to be fucking shit. And we've got a clash of the champions coming up as well.
0: We do, uh, and obviously we we need to make a decision on whether or not we're going to do that one. Um... Well,
1: I think we actually did say we were going to do all the clashes,
0: Okay, there you so, go. So well, you know, yeah, I mean, there only three. We could, left. Exactly, may as well. Yeah. So there you go. You have another episode to look look forward to. There, uh, we've got to find another another day to fit in. <laughs> thanks for that, Brian. Damn it. <laughs> if anything, yeah, I'll... I'll just keep you on your toes, Mark. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so yeah, this does start with with us going back to Hogwild again. Um,
1: I, I do and... have to point out, um, I don't. I've only just fucking noticed this, by the way. Uh, the the intro, the opening intro. It still has Red and Yellow Hogan in it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's bothering me now.
0: Yeah, that needs to change ASAP.
1: <laughs> yes, it does. We don't. We don't want to remember Red and Yellow Hogan or Hot Dog Hogan, whatever you want to call him. <laughs>
0: Do you think they're doing that because it's he, that's his recognisable thing, and he's still transitioning into Hollywood, and and yeah. there's still people out there that don't realise that he's Hollywood yet.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: I don't know. It, it mean, could I mean, it's be. It's just expensive to, to take him out of it. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't just know. being lazy. Like, You're right. Um, we'll put Nick Patrick in there. Why the fuck not? Uh, because he's all over WCW at this moment in time. And, and in case, again, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, I got worked big time about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, <laughs> without Nick Patrick, that, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, because I thought this happened much, like, much, much, much later. I knew Nick Patrick was an N.W.R. referee and blah, blah, blah. Spoiler alert, Sorry, guys, but it, it does happen. Anyway, it has happened, basically. Um, but I thought it was just a comical failure at being a referee, uh, not being in the right place at the right time. But it actually did cost Lex Luger and Sting the match. Yeah, he uh, did. And a quick count af- afterwards as well.
1: He did the worst chop block I've ever seen. Yes. And bear in mind... I have watched The Miz do, try, try and do a chop we Well, trying to do the whole fucking Ric Flair persona when Ric Flair was manager a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I've seen him try and do a chop walk, and somehow Nick Patrick managed to do a worse one. So, good
0: job, Nick Patrick. Yeah. Good job, sir. Way, way more to come. More things for him to completely cock up. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be not... fun. Yeah, well, it might be for you. <laughs> I've got to relive it. Um, it's worth noting here as well, the subtitle's called Scott Hall Holly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually miss that. Yeah. Uh, so into the action, uh, we're not going to talk much about Tony Schiavone's Tetris T-shirt. Uh, oh, yeah, tag t-shirt. Team. I do have to say,
1: fucking Larry. you going off on one. Uh, he, he, the, the first thing he does is he accuses the horsemen and the dungeon of betraying the WCW by not helping the Giant when the outside outsiders interfered at Hogwild. Yeah. and Saying it goes against the the uh, brotherhood of WCW. And I think that's fucking great storytelling from the off because, obviously, I can't really say where it's going to go from here, right? But, Larry in one statement puts over the personal issues between the Dungeon and the Horsemen, and now he, he and, assumingly, the rest of WCW have questions as to why they couldn't put their differences aside for a greater cause. Yeah, And yeah. because they've done that, they've failed to keep the title away from Hogan, and the end we the first attempt. I mean, fucking, just that one statement, and it's like, wow. That is mm. fucking amazing storytelling.
0: Yeah, a, there's a hell of a lot of uh, adhesive in there, just sort of fucking putting everything together. Yes. Um, it's worth noting as well, obviously, he mentions what he's wearing, because this is essentially a dark day, and the death for WCW sort of thing because he's at, he's in his funeral clothes yeah. know, <laughs> in a black suit and all that lot uh, I really do think I think Zbysko's so underrated even like today oh, 100% uh,
1: yeah I mean really. it's easy to overlook his contribution to TNA it's like he were like a, a commissioner for TNA at one point weren't he yeah, yeah, but he was fucking brilliant in that role
0: yeah definitely I saw a and... photo of him fairly recently and he is a, he is a proper old man now but he and he doesn't has. look
1: like it. He, he still looks fucking. I reckon he could pop his shirt off and he'll still look jacked.
0: It probably would. Yeah, I know. I, know would.
1: I don't mean jacked as in fucking big muscle man. I mean like burly jacked, like a kind of guy that would uh, you would see lifting logs, uh, you know, in the <laughs> wilderness. You know, just fucking big barely motherfucker.
0: Yeah, lives in the woods and shit. Yeah. Yeah,
1: just missing uh, the beard.
0: <laughs> uh so eight man tag to start off with here, uh no, not not gonna be a great one this. High voltage, Kenny Chaos and Robbie Robbie Rage, uh Rough and Ready, Dick Slater and Mike Enos, who come out with no theme whatsoever. Versus the dungeon of uh, Dicks, uh <laughs> Hugh <laughs> Morris, Meng, the Barbarian, and the Taskmaster. Although I don't know why I'm calling him the Taskmaster, because he comes out as Kevin Sullivan in civis. Yeah. With Big Bubba. I didn't actually see Big Bubba and Jimmy Hart. Uh, this starts off, Morris is onto a flyer, he just absolutely fucking goes for it. Sullivan, as I've just said, in civilian clothes, rather than the rip-off Hulk Hogan stuff.
1: You were uh, really struggling to say Sullivan in the civilian clothes there, weren't you? Yes, I was. <laughs> the, uh, Sullivan clothes, sir, on Kevin.
0: <laughs> I kind of feel like, uh, that, that's, um... Yeah, that's before of the year. So, I don't know. Probably would have improved with you, the year. uh, Rage is easily dispatched by... Barbarian and Meng after they do a little bit of uh, double teaming on him. Rough and ready then hit the ring uh, and the four brawl before referee Randy Anderson gets control of the situation. It breaks down again when Sullivan gets in the ring after first steaming in to give Rage a running run of some sort. It wasn't <laughs> an elbow. It wasn't a knee. It, wasn't, it was not just a running run.
1: Yeah, it were fucking awful. <laughs> Whatever he was <laughs> trying to do. Wrestling man. <laughs> I I I wrestling man. I just called it the headless chicken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Headless chicken wing uh, Applied by Kevin Sullivan There
0: <laughs> Obviously it's worth noting that, that Rage is in a trio warrior and can't defend himself But then Sullivan just kind of goes And gives a right hand to the rest of uh, Rage's team who duly No sell the right hand And he just sort of <laughs> jumps away And goes back into his own, own corner Order is restored again Meng versus Rage who executes a huge rotating Flying crossbody from the top rope but nobody's on to it, it, and he actually really lucky not to break his leg because he does land on his on his foot pretty uh, gnarly. Yeah, rough but, uh, and not at all ready though, mate. Not at all. No. Uh, subsequently, this leads to a massive kick from Meng, and it's all over. It was that easy. Uh, For uh, two minutes and forty seconds, the winner, Dungeon of Doom, rough and ready, uh, dispatch high voltage, who were teammates. They just decided to brawl in the ring, and yeah, job done. Happy to mate. which
1: nobody fucking cares because nobody you could. can hear a pin drop. Yeah. Yeah, right.
0: two minutes forty, as it should be. Yep, all right. You've opened it up, but a quick, a quick match. I'm, I'm actually happy that they had, you know, they got this one out of the way nice and quick because normally, knowing WCW, this would be given sixteen minutes or some shit. Uh, yeah, and
1: it, and it weren't exactly great.
0: No, not at all.
1: I do like uh, the, the face of the fears new attire. You know, with the yes. little bits of flames on it. I, I just really liked it. They looked fucking great. Yeah, totally. Um, I can't really say much. I can't say much of Kevin you, Sullivan. Do. Sullivan. <laughs> and I he, he looked like he was just uh, ready to change the oil in his car with the yeah, clothes that he was fucking wearing.
0: Absolutely right. I mean, what even was he wearing? It was a black and white. It wasn't even a zebra shirt. Where it? it was just all over the place. Yeah, it just looked,
1: just looked like up. a. It looked like a rag. It didn't yeah. even look like a t-shirt. It just looked like a rag that he just turned into a poncho and just put it on. But he's so fat that it actually just fucking stuck to his <laughs> stomach.
0: Oh man. <laughs> I've got, to, I've got to say as well. I, I'm, I'm glad that they've come away from the Taskmaster thing as well. Put him in civvies, that's all right. You know, I'm willing to give you.
1: <laughs> really? <a> sh- <laughs> he yeah. don't look great either way, does he?
0: No, he doesn't look great. I just know that it's a different character altogether, and that we can come away from this stupidity. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, at the, least I uh, hope so.
1: Yeah, the townies of doom is what they're coming into now, <laughs> isn't it?
0: Unexpectedly, we see Sting and Luger coming out after the break. uh they go to over to the commentary desk and Lex says they're sorry to break the rules like this uh, but they're not spending another sleepless night after last night which yeah. Sting reaffirms <laughs> right uh, by the way just kinda, kinda was, with this.
1: yeah just one thing he says yeah I'm not going to have another sleepless night after last night Wild was two nights ago
0: no, it was one night ago. It was the night before.
1: No, it was on Saturday this time. of
0: oh, course it was. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Right.
1: And I say Hogwild, and I don't know if my mic is picking it up. There's some fucker outside my house. He's
0: revving a motorcycle at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> fucking good timing, arsehole. That happened during the watch-along gear as well. I opened the window, and you can hear somebody going... <laughs> like
1: yeah. Because they fucking have to, don't they? They're on a fucking uh, Yamaha's going...
0: <laughs> like they've got a fucking kick pedal on it when they don't yeah assholes yeah. no I I had an issue with this as well it was kind of like um, yeah so as, as you rightly point out it was is two nights I said one night but it is two nights uh, it seems like you're being a bit over top about your insomnia relics. Uh it might have just been a, a one off or maybe a two off you know what I mean just <laughs> I don't know just, just, just pull out a violent wank I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll <laughs> oh god right I, I do not want to see that fucking
1: dried out turkey man have a wank I do not want that <laughs> image in my head <laughs>
0: Gotta be done. Gotta be done. You know, <laughs> they uh, they then get into the ring without actually naming who they've challenged. Uh, Larry really continues weird. to ask where Sting and Lex were when Hogan won the title, which I think he actually says whilst them two are there, which is I admire to fuck because the cojones is on, on Larry here is just superb. Um, Sting says if the end he gets to the mic again and he says if the NWO has the guts they'll show up to the ring. I, I think he finally realised that actually this doesn't make any sense to anybody in the audience, so I need to affirm who the fuck I'm calling out. Um, obviously they don't show up and Sting is not at all surprised. Yeah, I would have I would have laughed if he,
1: like, he didn't actually name drop the NWR, he just kept going on and fucking rough and ready come out like, yeah, we ain't finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we didn't mean you lads. Well, you didn't specify. Well, we
0: didn't. And then fucking high still. voltage come out limping like, yeah, we're not finished either. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think the end to another break here and we see a Glacier promo. Um, Still not seeing Glacier, but there you go. Next up. Shewlett is coming soon. Shewlett. They've been yeah. saying that for like three months now. Coming I know, soon. I like- I'm, I'm, I'm just, just gleaming with anticipation. Diamond Dallas Page versus Renegade. Um, that's next up. Apparently, this is for the Battle Ball ring that nobody gave a fuck about then. Uh, nobody gives a fuck about now. And the referee in this one is Nick Patrick, of who Larry is saying got a boot in the face and just kind of fell over, quote, in the wrong spot. Okay, Larry yeah <laughs> right
1: so okay then larry you are against the nwo but now you're making excuses for nick patrick when he was clearly cheating yeah it, you don't yeah. need to do that just if you're going to call out every fucking under of the sun for not coming out and helping the wcw you should be asking questions to nick patrick here not fucking defending totally. him. i know you're the heel but you
0: are on wcw's side and nick patrick clearly is not no no uh Early bit of taunting here from Dallas uh, and Renegade with... By the way, Naomi. Dallas doesn't
1: get an entrance.
0: Yes, not... did. I don't think either of them did. No, Renegade did. Did he?
1: Because I, I recognised that fucking Ultimate Warrior ripoff music. Which, <laughs> by the way, that's what Renegade's gimmick was. What's his yeah, gimmick now? Because he doesn't wear the face paint, he doesn't wear the singlet, and he just bangs his head. Yeah, and just, he's jacked. Yeah, just listening to some Sire, I suppose. <laughs> you know... It, it's a shame because, like, okay, the, the fucking Warrior g- uh, rip-off was, like, you know, it, it was what it was. But, uh, you know, I, I did say controversially, you fucking, like, went, what? I said, he's got something. I mean, he's got the fire. He just doesn't have anything else going for him. Yeah. I think we were a little bit, little bit of fine-tuning and a gimmick change. He might be all right. He might be a serviceable wrestler. But, fortunately, they just giving him nothing to work with.
0: No, there's not much here at all. Uh, and he, he doesn't... I mean... He does get a a decent amount of selling from DDP in this one to make him look fairly decent, which DDP does anyway. Works his ass off for any opponent that he's got. Um, But generally, you know, early offences, renegade Dallas soon gets the advantage. Uh, There's a couple of reversals. There's there's like twenty rest holds. Yeah, it's (laughs) dull. Yeah, it is. DDP selling big on the odd occasion, as I said, uh, but basically holds the offense for the offense. Sorry for the duration of this match. I said offense, like it, well, it was. Um, There's uh,
1: one of the reverse chin locks that he does, and he lies down, and then he puts his feet on the ropes for leverage. Yeah. Now at this point, at this moment, before he even puts his legs on the rope, Nick Patrick goes to the side of him, next to the ropes slowly lies down into position, and he's like, yep, now you can put your legs on the rope. Uh, fucking doing this again! Ugh. Seriously, what is it with these WCWS? And, and the moment he started getting on his knees, I mean, he actually literally moved to the right, next to the ropes, and the moment it got to his knees, I'm like, did he going to put his legs on the ropes. I didn't expect it to take 30 fucking seconds. It's getting even more blatant now. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. I hate the WCW referees. I really <laughs> do. Except fucking, um, uh, what, what's his name? Jim Jett? Justin Jett? Something like that? Yeah, we haven't yeah. seen
0: him for a bit, have we?
1: No, we haven't. But he, he's seen cool. The rest of them, fucking mullet guys, you know. All, they've all got fucking mullets, haven't they? So you can't really tell one from the fucking other. You know, I know Randy Anderson and I know Buddy Nick Patrick, and then there's like two always that have got mullets, I think. Yeah. And I, just non name guys, but. But yeah, those yeah. Fucking I mean you're
0: fucked if, if the senior referee is Nick Patrick let's be honest <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> head ref Nick Patrick well the rest of them if that's the bar then fuck me um, yeah DDP kind of goes for the heel persona in this one uh, Renegade does get a, a little bit of a pop but the winner in this one ultimately is going to be DDP with a heavily booed diamond cutter uh, heavily booed thereafter as well 5 minute 31 seconds not right lot. Nothing to write home yeah, about. About
1: five minutes too long. Yeah. About three minutes view. of that
0: was fucking reverse chin locks
1: and head locks and side head locks. Yeah, just... I mean, if you're having to have that many wrestles in a five-minute match, fucking work on your cardio, guys. <laughs> and that is not DDP. He looks in great fucking shape. He doesn't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I just think Renegade just didn't have as much as I thought and DDP's like, yeah, we'll just do this just to fill in some time. Hmm.
0: <sighs> Not a good start tonight, Joe, guys. No, not at all. It is up this picks up because we go to the back and it's the NWO. Um, the outsiders are there. Nash says at the NWO time, uh, they're on NWO time now and that's part of the reason why they didn't actually come out to answer Sting and Luger's challenge. They can make all the challenges that they want, but we will do it on our own time. Hull says they've accomplished every objective that they set up to do so far. Uh, he also says, not to blame the loss on the referee, senior referee Nick Patrick, who is, quote, a fine referee. <laughs> <laughs> just as we've been slagging him off. That's, this- right, you've
1: got heel heat right there, mate. Good yeah. job. Nick Patrick's a fine referee. <laughs> Fuck
0: off. No, not did at all. You, not did anybody you just that's worth watch it. Watch the last match.
1: He took a nap halfway through.
0: <laughs> Nick uh, Naptrick. <laughs> Hogan's Hogan's given a bit of time on this one as well, Uh, and he just, this is really deflating from Hogan, to be honest. Yeah, he's rambling. Uh, I mean, I
1: appreciate that he's not going, well, let me tell you something, brother. Like, I'm glad he's not doing that. He's like, I'm just half asleep, and I'm just going to talk for a little bit. I mean, I'm fucking half asleep now, and I've got more energy than this cunt. Yeah,
0: I mean, at first, I thought he was drunk. Now, that (laughs) will happen later on. Like, Hogan is drunk at some point, and cuts a promo on Nacho, but... I, I knew it wasn't this, but I did think it was like, it was really almost slurry in the way that he was conducting himself. I don't I think like, he's used to talking like this. No. No. Um, God, no wonder his fucking wife divorced him. He bored bore him into divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if this is him getting into a new persona, then, uh, you know, you can you can give him a pass. Uh, but this was, it just feels like they, they filmed it right. Do it in one take. And he just, he just, I don't know, he just bumbles through it. Um, Hall and in particular, Nash, lead the way in this segment with some fairly witty one-liners and a near-perfect speech as well. Uh, Nash even swears right at the end of this when Hogan says, the Rust-Oleum doesn't even come off this belt, and Nash says, I love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't get censored either. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it's live. It's live. So I know, but it's
1: like um, there was a pay-per-view. It was one of the uh, British pay-per-views, uh, British Bulldog, um, Accidentally throws a bin at Stephanie McMahon and gives her a concussion, and later on in the match, he's in a in a cage match later on, and Vince McMahon comes out and he just interferes and he goes, "Fuck you, to British <laughs> Bulldog," and I remember this clip from when I was younger, and it's one of my favorite clips, and I thought, "Fuck it," I will load up the pay per view and watch it, and they censor it. Oh, the network. I see what you mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. yeah, the network didn't fucking censor this.
0: Oh, yeah, fuck he's not right, but shit's okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, if the guy... (laughs) The guy doing the censoring is probably the fucking caption guy in it, to be fair. And if he thinks that Holly's Holly, then... uh, All bets are off in here. He he, he clearly doesn't realise. Right. James Van Der
1: Beek. At James Van Der Beek. Not the actor. The, uh... I think he's called Jeremy. Um, Just the guy that does all the photoshops. There you go. Hardcore Holly. And... Okay, Scott Hall, merging together. You get Scott Hawley. <laughs> oh, I'm the big shot Chico. I'd
0: have gone with Hardcore Hall, but whichever <laughs> mean, sure, they both work, don't they? I mean, hardcore Hawley. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yes, I love this shit. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm gonna put this at the end that at the end of the podcast, just just Nash saying that. Uh the match is not going to get any better here folks Conan versus Jim Power is in a singles match here Another filler match uh, for the commentators To talk about the NWO Sting and Luger really Some yep. big power moves from both Apparently Conan took a leaf out of Hogan's book To turn his back on everyone He was um, already a heel he...
1: Clearly he was already a heel when he came in
0: Maybe He yeah.
1: was doing heel tactics yeah, he was in his matches. Yeah, mind man, you, he's thinking he's more say, about his promos. Uh, he's well, he, he did say he's taking a leaf out of Hogan's, but well, when Hogan was a fucking white meat baby face, he was doing heel shit. So you know what? True. Fair point, Conan, fair point. I'll give you yeah, that one, yeah. mate. No,
0: fuck um, off. A long leg lock slash teabagging thing <laughs> goes on for, for <laughs> quite a while. I hope that you know. I hope that Cornon wash for that one. Uh, oh. a bit selling for the big man, but Conan gets the feet up to an in-rushing Powers. Uh, and Conan jumps on, <laughs> jumps on powers like he's about to. It's another one of these sex positions it's just so bizarre. Uh, using the ropes for leverage, which is even more kinky. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, Conan's going to win this one. I also noticed at the end that no, um, that Conan's theme is actually the pay per view theme that they've used about five or six times now. Oh. That I, we've used on this podcast also. Yeah, I didn't really pay that much attention. No, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, Gene's probably, in. probably a network double as well. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Gene's in. He's going to have a few words with, with Conan here because everybody's interested about why he's... T- yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, and Conan's
1: uh, not looking the right way.
0: I did like what Conan said a little bit. He isn't. He isn't. You're absolutely right. He's got his back to him. And he kind of... Yeah. He,
1: he just... But that was mean, Gene's fault because he pointed to the fans and Conan looked that way and then Gene turned around without fucking signalling that he's turning back around to the hard cam. And yeah. there he goes, the cam's this way, pal. Right He got Conan got confused because of Eugene. Like the fans were right behind the hard cam, you could have just pointed to them. You're, You're right. also pointing to the fan to the audience at home, dude. Yeah. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I'm not also gonna get hot about that.
0: <laughs> uh, Spain's goalkeeper's just made a fucking cracking save. Really cracking save. He's clean through on goal and he's just uh, just toe pocked it towards goal and- creepers from six yard area fucking hell switzerland could get an inquiser here um gene's in and he's talking to uh he's talking to conan now like i said Uh, i did like what conan said here to be fair he gets a hell of a lot of heat by saying do you pay my checks no then your opinion means nothing and these people paid to see me they should be applauding i'm like dude this is this is this is all right. yeah good stuff he calls. He then proceeds to call the uh, NWO the New World Order, which is something that Larry Zabisco has kind of coined, saying they've been stinking up the joint, beating people with bats, throwing cruiserweights into trailers, and that he's got a foolproof plan because those who fail to plan plan to fail and firmly places himself behind WCW, which is a face... Move. Yeah. Confused emoji. You started as a heel, you finished the fucking Brawl a face in literally fucking 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah, really weird. <laughs> what is this how they do things in Mexico? I mean, come on, fucking hell. Well, apparently he is the Mexican Hulk Hogan, so... True, yeah. 3 minutes 21 seconds given to the match itself. Um, blah. Next up. <laughs> yeah, that should just be uh, the one-word review for this episode. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the first half. Well, next up we're gonna to get to see Chris Benoit with uh, Miss Elizabeth and Woman face off against what they're gonna tell us is a, a newly found talent in Ron Studd. Yeah. Do you know who Ron Studd is? It couldn't be more obviously the Yeti. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I could tell by the frame and it's like even the shape of his head and I'm like, Yep, yeah, that's a Yeti. Yeah. Uh it does later on become Rath. Uh Rath's a pretty cool character. Uh Rath actually smashes Goldberg over the head with a stop sign at one point. Colburn wow, sells it wow, he's he, he <laughs> a surprise. He gets speared and jackhammered. So, and the guy is a big guy, yeah, right? he, he's bigger than the giant, yeah, he's like seven foot three, something wow. like that. It's ridiculous. It doesn't really
1: have like a lot of muscle to him, you know. He it doesn't, he it, it, it just it looks more like a bean pole than anything, yeah, but yeah. Fuck me, I wouldn't want to meet him in an ang, you know, when he's angry in a dark back alley,
0: no, and I think, um. I think it was. Uh, he has a lot more agility as well for for his size. Yeah, it, it's really good to, fair, to see something like that
1: in the opening uh, couple of minutes of this match. He doesn't do too bad. Yeah, yeah. you know,
0: it, yeah, he's it's, it's all right. I've said I've said on this podcast before as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ben Waugh's the uh, WCW theme. I do like it. But yeah, also, I actually say, thought
1: this was a new theme. But then, you know, I went back to some older episodes of Nitro and, no, he's had this theme all that time. It's just that he's been using the Four Horsemen theme for such a long time now. And all of a sudden, randomly, they just cut back to this. I don't get it. Like, I'm preferring him with the Four Horsemen theme, to be honest.
0: Mm. He does keep this theme as well until he leaves WCW. Yeah. That's a nice guitar
1: lick and a hell of a lot of cowbell.
0: <laughs> the cowbell was more noticeable on this episode of Natural than ever before, or e- May- ever will be. Yeah, maybe that's why I got so confused.
1: I thought Chris Jericho was doing a fucking running. <laughs> now, for those uh, you obviously remember the old talk is Jericho, where fucking Jericho, opened every single fucking episode, sings to a you know, while I was fucking playing a cowbell. Yeah. You know, yeah. he started getting heel heat with me back then. Fucking you know. hell. And the the thing is, Tarkis Jericho was a really fucking good podcast back then before he started getting all the fucking conspiracy theorists on. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Big fan of Chris Jericho on this podcast.
0: <laughs> Switzerland have equalised, by the way. Whoa. Um, very nice goal from Shakiri That's Shakiri not Shakira, <laughs> just for those of you out there that don't watch soccer ball. But, um, like Shakira, his hips don't lie, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ball over the top, uh, the defenders have completely made a meal of it, one cleared it against his own defender, The def- it's rico- ricocheted uh, to, I'm not sure who that number is. Friiler. Also,
1: ricochet, not the wrestler, the actual yeah, fucking,
0: <laughs> uh, the, the move, <laughs> the, move.
1: <laughs> the actual physical
0: fucking reaction. Yeah, and Froiler, uh, he's laid up Shakiri who has placed it between the on-rushing defender's legs and it's nestled nicely in the corner way out of the reach of the keeper. Very nice goal. Very nice. And I'll tell you what, if I was a betting man, and I am, Switzerland would be my bet here. I think they're, they're going to do sp- Spain here. Um, so yeah, Stud's music's pretty cool as well. I don't know if you heard that. Um, no, I didn't pay attention. I just check looked it at this out. guy it's, and I went, that's the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too bad. You should check it out. Um, the size of Stud, uh, initially, is what I've like, And then I thought, hang on a minute, is this Rath? He looks like Rath. So that's when I went to Google and found out, like you said, he, he was the Yeti. And, um, I do like the little callback to
1: Big John Studd back on in Big Ron Studd but what the fuck is it with these tall guys where they're just like yeah playing into the possibility he might be related to some ex wrestler that would happen to be fucking huge because they did that with a giant and now clearly we are actually saying it they are saying yeah he's related to Big John Studd somewhere somehow but we're not going to fucking tell you we'll let you make those allusions yourself. Origins, assertions, whatever, I'm tired.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for the WWE to do that and say, oh, yes, this is the offspring of the Big Show. Uh. I think they're even going like, to acknowledge that the Big Show even exists these days.
1: No, they probably won't.
0: No. Well, early doors, it's power, as you said. You were quite right. Um, he, he, he gives us an impressive showing, does uh, Mr. Stud. But Benoit chops the tree, hitting the knees. Uh, Stud vocally selling huge on, on the mat as well. He's really, really loud. The, the commentators continue to speculate as to why woman came out and defended Kevin Sullivan when he was receiving a beatdown from Chris Benoit a few weeks ago. Um, that was two point, fucking months ago. It was a while. Yeah, it was. I, I did think it was a while ago. Sure it, it was bash at the beach, weren't it? Because we haven't recorded in a while. Was it bash at the beach or a great
1: American bash? I think it was great American bash. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, that, even more, longer than two months ago. Why the fucking yeah. hell are they bringing that up now?
0: It's slow burner. This is, the, uh, this is the feud, isn't it? Yeah, really um, fucking
1: slow burn. It's almost as if it didn't happen.
0: <laughs> Stud, Stud gets the advantage over Benoit uh, after a little bit of time. He attempts to go up top. Yes, top rope, lads. Uh, but Benoit hits the superplex from the top of the crowd. Oh, fucking mental for it. Yeah, absolutely Chris brilliant. Benoit, three minutes and 31 seconds.
1: Yeah, I pop for the finish.
0: Yeah. I, I oh, do yeah.
1: have to question one thing though, And I mean, I do get why they did this because at Clash of the Champions, Chris Benoit is facing the Giants. Here, they do everything to sell Big John Studd... Uh, Big John Studd? Fucking hell, I'm making that mistake. Big yeah. Ron Stud, <laughs> Big Ron Stud, as a fierce, giant competitor on the commentary. But in the ring, he's not acting like a giant because he's... Yeah. He's... Within... A minute is off his feet and on the mat, yeah. And that, that really did take me out of it a little bit because he really shouldn't do that. But fucking out really did wonders for Benoit, he really did. Mm. So I'm in mean, two minds like, I, I now see Benoit as a you know, a, a threat to the giant, but. I'm not going to see big big Ron stood as a threat going forward because of this. I'm just the first thing I'm going to uh, think of when I see him in a match against a small person is why not
0: drop uh, drop kick into his legs because that's clearly his weak spot. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get you there. I didn't really think that far ahead, um, but you're right. You are right. Um... Where am I now? I, I've lost myself. Hmm. Oh, of course, as as you've just mentioned as well, uh, and as Gene will mention after he comes in to start a promo with Benoit, Woman, and Elizabeth, that, yes, indeed, Benoit is going to face the Giant randomly at the Clash of the Champions. But uh, Gene does start off by flirting with Woman, <laughs> yeah, as always.
1: He's so in love with Woman.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be? I mean, come on. Uh, it, she, it's, uh, it is kind of cute. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) he says, he's a little light-headed in the Mao high Her. uh, uh, (laughs) What, Her? Ah, (laughs) fucking hell. Uh, She says, oh, why? Why is that, Gene? And he just says, "Uh, I can't talk about why. (laughs) Dirty old man. He's married! (laughs) That's why, but he's doing this on TV. It's not Stopping Woman, is it? She's fucking married to Kevin Sullivan. (laughs) Yeah, but that's not Fabe. As far as we know, anyway, but fucking well, no. Well, I don't know if it's happened at this point. But, uh, yeah,
1: me and Gene is married. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have TNT at home. That's probably what it yeah, is. right? Like, you know? I don't want
0: my wife to see this. <laughs> oh man, fucking uh, dirty old pove <laughs> Highlights are all for the match uh, that he had with Mil- Milenko. That's Benoit, not not Gene Auckland. I'm pretty sure that would be off very quickly, and <laughs> there won't be many highlights from it. Uh, fucking
1: Dean <laughs> Lenko would be the kind of guy that works a mustache.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Benoit puts Milenko over as one of the best in the world, uh, but says that he and the Horseman have an agenda, and that the Giant is a roadblock to be knocked down right. to size. Whoa! Uh, Bubbly promo, but getting better. Yeah. What is, Benoit, uh, Benoit actually says is Milenko is in the ring,
1: in the ring, with a man on an agenda. That makes yeah. no sense. A man no, with an though. agenda. Yes. A man on an agenda. How does that work, Ben? Ben? Mm. Benoit? Ben, for sure. <laughs> ben. ben. Chris Ben. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, it, it, this is why Chris Benoit is so good because he actually puts my ankle over as a really tough competitor, calls him one of the best in the world. This is something that I really fucking hate with WWE these days where... And The Rock used to fucking do it. I think The Rock and Hogan are at fault for for this the most. But putting down your opponents and making them like, like they're nothing... Yes. To me, if and I'm pretty sure old school fucking psychologists of wrestling would agree with me with me on this. And maybe a lot of the listeners as well. But if you're going to put your opponent down and say they're nothing, then you defeating your opponents means doesn't mean fuck anything. all. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Put your opponents over. No matter if you heal face, put your opponents over. You can say that I'm better, but put them over. Yeah. Fucking... Wrestling 101 right there. From... It's
0: very basic. It's very basic. You know, yes. if, if you're saying, well, he's the best in the world and I've just beat him, then that makes me better than the best in the world. Yeah. So it does. It elevates. It exactly. elevates everybody. Yeah. You Not know Not what... just like, it did piss me off that with, with, with um, The Rock. And that yeah, was he... initially like, that's how Jericho came in, wasn't it? And he was just like, well, who the fuck are you sort of thing? And it's like, dude, Jericho really? fucking embarrassed him that night with that promo. Yeah. He fucking embarrassed
1: him. And you could tell that The Rock was actually a little bit pissed off, genuinely pissed off with that. Yeah. You know? What I find fucking uh, really shitty, though, is The Rock used to do this a fair bit. He didn't used to do it with Austin or anything like that, but you could tell when he wasn't really happy with working in certain competitors. I mean, look at Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, when he was when he was Mr. Ass in 1999, he was getting a big push. He was king of the ring that year. And then, you know, fucking The Rock. Okay, funny promo, just like cutting fucking Billy Gunn down, just turning around and saying, you know, Dear God, you know, Billy Gunn fucking on his thing and all that you know, on his knees praying to God and just saying, like, God turned around and said, you know, you absolutely suck. And it's like, come on, Rock. You're supposed to be fucking working with this guy. At least yeah. give him something. Like, you know, it just it just really pissed me off. He did it with Al Snow as well. And like, British Bulldog. He did it with the British Bulldog. I know British Bulldog wasn't really in a good place at the time. And he he looked really fucking bad in 1999 or 2000, but it he it did the exact same thing with him. And he's a legend of wrestling. It's like... Dude, if you don't like working with a guy, so fucking be it. But don't fucking do it in the ring just because you've yeah. got creative fucking control, your character. Yeah. Arsehole. No,
0: I'm, I'm with you on that one. Completely agree. Completely agree. Tangent uh, over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any any potential budding le- uh, wrestlers listening out there, that's one thing that you should never do. More highlights from Hog Wild for this match. Uh, just reminding everybody what's going on. And next up, we're going to see the WCW World Tag Team titles on the line. The Steiner brothers, obviously, the Challengers versus Harlan Heat, who are coming out with Colonel Robert Parker and Sister Sherry. Um, Uh, Sherry is wearing shades. She is, yes. And immediately I
1: wrote, those are necessary shades. Because you can tell the way she's walking. She knew stumbles. She's uh, a little drunk again tonight. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's so sad seeing her like that. Hmm, hmm. And fucking like shot, like Shawn Michaels in 1999. Fucking Commissioner on <laughs> on WWF, all fucking turning up in sunglasses. Like yeah, he's fucking high in it. Yeah. Immediately, it's like with some people, the shades are necessary. I
0: yeah. didn't even notice, to be honest. Yeah, like, I didn't. fucking
1: um, Parker fucking pulls her back on on the uh, rampway a little bit. She knew it fucking falls over. Bless her.
0: Oof. What a shame. I mean, um, she, got,
1: she actually got let go because of her issues and apparently she got over them and, k- and got rehired.
0: Yeah, that was the last one. Yeah. Yeah, she... Uh, that's just her. Yeah. It's just one of those things sometimes. It, it, they just can't beat it, can they? Yeah. I, mean, I presume that she had to prove that she was, you know, that she was um, she was clean to come back into WCW, but I don't know. It, it is sad, that. And I didn't pick up on that, to be honest, so that's that's kind of disheartened me a little bit. Um at least she's on cue for what happens later on, which but we'll get there. Um, Scott Steiner obliterates Booker T here. Power slam, belly to belly, order, overhead release—the standard stuff from Steiner. Yeah. Uh, Cloves lines. Harlem Heat take uh, a minute on the outside, and Rick and Stevie brawl to a break when they get back in. Back At this in point,
1: uh, obviously we've got to mention that it's hour two now. So Eric Bischoff yes. and Bobby Heenan are back. Um, actually, before the match, Heenan asked Eric where he were last week. Rick starts ripping into him, and he just says, "I've got to be taking—I was taking I take care of some business." Nothing more said on the matter. Okay, no storytelling there. Okay, fair enough, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but Heenan at one point randomly just turns around and says, Randy Savage is legally nuts and can wrestle. <laughs> what the fuck did that come from? <laughs> but I like it. I really liked it. Like, legally nuts. Mm. I, I mean, you don't want them illegally nuts fucking, uh, nut wrestlers in the fucking ring, do you? <laughs> legally nuts. That, that should be a film. Like, Legally Blonde, Legally Nuts with R- Randy Savage.
0: oh brilliant Uh, Randy with a spoon (laughs) back from from that break uh, there's more strikes from all four they end up on the outside barring Scott who's still in the ring a confrontation with Rick and Parker leads to Sherry holding Scott's boot as he's uh, suplexing Booker back into the ring that somehow
1: forces uh, Booker to collapse in a pinning position
0: yeah it's weird Yeah. yeah I get that um this I was got going to say it seemingly lands on his head so yeah. I, if the people at home can figure this one out he, he lands on he seemingly lands on his head in a suplex position and somehow lands on top of Scott Steiner yeah really fucking weird because of a holding a boot. yeah I called it a super fuck-up plex that's pretty much it yeah Um also, the referee in this one, Nick Patrick, uh, yep. counts as Parker comically gets into the ring and attempts, <laughs> and attempting to get away from Rick Steiner, falls over uh, the mount of Booker yep. and Scott, forcing like... Nick Patrick to call it a win for the Steiners.
1: <laughs> no, you Yeah, yeah, DQ, yeah. But, yeah, really fucking weird. Really weird. It like it was like something out of bottom.
0: It was, yeah, just proper slapstick, like, ridiculously... Oh, man. yeah. Um, it looks no better on the replay to be honest
1: Parker's actually quite a good comedian that's what I've learned from this he's not afraid to do something silly and slapstick and when he does it it's actually really really funny yeah Uh, and when he takes off his uh, cowboy hat outside I I immediately likened him to Fred Willard he looks just like him
0: Fred Willard I'm not not sure who that is yeah
1: classic American uh, actor uh... oh of
0: course I know who he is once I've googled him fucking hell yeah. yeah
1: he looks just like him with that hairstyle yeah Uh, yeah fucking hell Uh, nothing matched but comical end
0: it was a it was a comical end yeah yeah I mean I'm gonna give it a pass on this one because yeah it tickled me it it was that amusing
1: yeah I was like what the fuck is going on and when I watched the replay I just fucking howled laughter. it's like Parker
0: what the fuck are you doing man (laughs) the one issue I do have from this um, from this finish is that it, ex- it apparently exonerates Patrick from his shenanigans at Hogwild, according to Bischoff. Uh nope. they call him confronting Parker on the outside about him making them lose. But Sherry calms it down, uh, Bischoff trying to make sense of it all when it doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> Winner, as we've just said, Steiners via disqualification in 8 minutes and 57 seconds. Surprising from these two teams that it, it was kind of a nothing match because these two usually put on a fairly decent contest. yeah.
1: Um, I mean, they had this issue at Hogwild as well. I mean, I know a lot of it was due to the, the horrible cl- uh, crowd and all that, but, you know, the, it just weren't particularly an entertaining match. Yeah. It's just really, really sad. They can do better, and we know they can do better.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and now, this is the pinnacle of this WCW Nitro episode to me, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this for the very small amount of time that it was given. Oh, yes. I got a lot in. And I did enjoy it. The one thing I will say is um, Bobby Heenan saying, Casper Wyoming, name a town after a ghost. (laughs) I I think he said it just before the start of this match (laughs) because they were going on about Wyoming. Um, Yeah, WCW World Cruiserweight title match. Rey Mysterio Jr., the champion versus Ultimate Dragon with Sonny Ono. Of course, this is a rematch from the previous uh, watch-along that we did at Hogwild 1996. uh, And we thought that were pretty good. So Brian's going to take this one because, well, fucking hell. Oh yes,
1: right. The, the first thing I noticed was, uh, was um Ultimate Dragon—I've got to get that right. It's not Ultimo yet. It's Ultimate. It's um, looking very much like Boy with those teeth on his mask. I didn't like it. You know, yeah. I, I'm just so used to having the open, him having the open mouth bit. You know, so you can actually see part of his face. The teeth on it—it's just really, really weird. Um, but it, um, he spits red mist, and immediately Heenan has one in the tank. By remarking, it might be Mrs. Guerrero's chili. Nice little bit of racism there. Moving on. I don't fucking know. Uh, I, I still can't believe he said that. Compose yourself. Yeah, I, I still can't believe he fucking said that. Seriously. I mean... Dragon tornado kicks and ray ducks each one. But Dragon goes on a fence with vicious roundhouse kicks and a unique maneuver that he and I to describe. And even I struggle to describe. It was like a... An aer- aeroplane spin into a torture rack comes side breaker drop. Um, it's quite similar to that move that AJ Styles used to do in TNA, where uh, AJ would follow up with a spinning side slam. Except here, yeah. dragon just drops to his knees, so the rack would become a side breaker. That makes any sense at all to you. Or for those that are fans of... Uh, fucking hell, I can't remember the wrestler. Uh Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak does a very similar thing, but he actually finishes with a net breaker. Very similar. Really, really good move. Really good move. Yeah. Uh, I said move, it was more of a button-mashing combo than a move. But <laughs> whatever you call it, it was impressive. Four-up pin attempts is kicked out. Irish rip into the corner and a hand-springing elbow by Dragon, which I absolutely fucking popped for. It then a running nice, power yeah. bomb, which got absolutely fucking gnarly. It's really yeah. quick from the off. You know, what you expect from these two guys, really. Dragon takes, takes time to gloat on the top rope and dives right into Ray's feet. I have no idea what move he was attempting, if he was at all. He just dropped. Really weird. Mm. Mysterio rallies with a headset to take down to the outside, then a suicide senton, which is even more impressive in the tight space between the ring and the barricade that we have here. I mean, it was really fucking tiny. Like, unusually tiny for WCW to have a little bit more space. But I think yeah. it's because it was, like, hard, hard cam side. It couldn't have been any more than five feet, though. You know, so... And I know where Mysterio is fucking small, but Ultimo Dragon isn't really small himself. He's a bit, little bit taller than Ray. Yeah. On you know, and no, it's like small wrestler. so he's like still quite a tall guy. Um, where am I? Uh, yeah. Dragon forces Mysterio out of the ring and does the 619 confusing thing which Mysterio ducks and goes on the offence. But Dragon, as quick as a cat, flips over the rope and does a back roll onto his feet and into a suicide dive. Really, yes. really flashy and impressive. A quick exchange into the, in the ring it results in a German suplex into a bridging uh, suplex pin by a Dragon for two. That was a really, really weird uh, way I typed that out. A small, a very small moonsault by like Dragon looks scary, but it gets another close fall. Dragon looks Mysterio for a power bomb, but Mysterio rolls through for the pin. Yeah, short match, but got to say, it was short, and Mysterio, while Mysterio got barely any offense in, it just showcased the talents of Ultimo Dragon really well. I called him Ultimo again. But it was <laughs> really we know, we good. We
0: know who he is. We know who he
1: is. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, I. It- it, if I sounded like I fumbled over it, it's because some of the typing on this was absolutely fucking ridiculous. I've noticed a lot of spelling mistakes have been going along. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did have a drink last night when I was doing this, so that's probably what it were.
0: Yeah. So the, I'm the blaming only, it on that. The only thing I was going to pick up on that was the suicide dive going through the, uh, through the ropes onto Rey Mysterio. Uh, if you've got the volume up, you hear a big fucking crash on them guardrails. Yeah, I didn't uh, have the volume up really old. That, <laughs> I think that's Ray's head.
1: Yeah, and maybe the commentator is saying that. Oh, yeah, he hit the barricade there, but I didn't actually see or hear it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 very audible, really audible. It's um it's quite sickening, really, when you hear it because oh, you think well, it's not hit that way his hand and it's moved. So yeah, it must have been his head. But then, like you said, like a couple of seconds later, he's getting dropped on his head again with a with a, with a belly to back. It's like yeah. fucking hell. Is
1: this why he fucking <laughs> starts having question marks on his tights? He's got amnesia. You could be,
0: yeah. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ, it's not the Fair first time. The guy,
0: though, he did, uh, he continued through, even though, you know, something could have happened. He, he might have had a concussion or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Switzerland so are down to 10 men.
0: They are, yeah. They are. I, yeah. I, I was going to say that, but they still look like they're going to get the second goal here, though. Hmm. Oh. Um, Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, hell, we need to do a watch along
1: with the Switzerland game because it just went, oh. <laughs>
0: Well, my mate's just texted me and he said, fucking hell. He said, I can't believe Spain are fucking this up. It looks like whoever whoever Italy have got in the next round, um, it's going to be an easy tie. I said, mate, Italy have got to get past fucking Belgium. Yeah, <laughs> you know, calm the fuck down. <laughs> um, anyway, United States, heavyweight title match next up. Ric Flair uh, with Miss Elizabeth and woman versus randy savage of course rick flair is currently the united states champion uh, again this is part of a run that i do not remember i don't remember rick flair ever being the u.s champion so there you go he looks uh, good with the belt though that, i mean
1: i mean he looks good with, be with belt. more belts. to be honest with you yeah he put yeah, the spin about on him he probably won't get be able to get that one all over though <laughs> he'd, he'd look fucking stupid with the spin about or to be honest with you i think he'd look daft with the the currently retitled belt
0: what's the current one I don't think I've seen that
1: yeah it's one that I've got on my shelf
0: oh of course yeah 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I mean
1: it's a n- nice fucking belt don't get me wrong but I don't I don't know it's it, it it's got a lot of jewels on it I suppose you probably could get it over but I don't know mm. I,
0: I'm, let's I'm, stop talking about belts because of that fucking United States Championship oh yeah WWE shop I've got on for fucking 300 quid
1: <laughs> I know fucking depressing
0: I've got to work another 18 days to fucking buy one um, <laughs> and then like part with your money to fucking WWE like <laughs> yeah I mean, there's there's plenty of of people out there, to be fair, that make them. So, I'd probably just get one. And it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Uh, So, Macho is out with a full head of steam here uh, to no avail initially, but soon gets the upper hand. Initially swapped to the corner where Fleur gets chops in, but Macho again on top. And this is just a fight, an all-out brawl between the two of them. Fleur with uh, a thumb to the eye and Macho is on the back foot. But Macho is back again with jabs almost instantaneously. Um, we're back to the old storyline of Liz having Matcho's money again. Ah, oh. great.
1: Uh, random thought, by the way. Just four years ago, these two men main evented a WrestleMania. And viewers oh, yeah.
0: are getting it for free on TV. Yeah. That is so fucking weird to think about. It is. There's more intensity to this, though, isn't there? It's more, it's more of a gritty fight.
1: Yeah. I put and, down that like, this is more of a fight than an actual wrestling match. Totally. I, I gotta say though, fucking Ian on, on his is on his game throughout always. He's really putting Savage over,
0: mm.
1: like, and not in like uh, in his usual way. Just like going on about how insane he is or things like that. I mean, he does talk like that a little bit, but it's not really cussing Savage out as much as what he were. Yeah. Now, obviously, yeah. He, he can't really go overboard because you know Savage is Team WCW through and through. But, you know, he's still got his allegiance to Ric Flair, and Ric Flair and Savage are still enemies. So you expect Heenan as the part-time coach of Ric Flair. I mean, he did the one match and then never did another. Yeah. Um, you you think he would still be cussing Savage out and putting him down, but he's not. You know, and fucking hell, good job, Heenan.
0: Yeah, totally. I agree with that. And he, he, he does do it on a fairly continuous basis, but not to the point where it's it's over. Obvious oh, selling he's doing it to a to a very good that that brain man he's just not i mean brain's brain yeah exactly <laughs> he just has it he just has it he just knows
1: um and again it goes back to what you what we say saying earlier you make you, you make your opponent look good you know you make them seem like there's something and when you're you or when your when your client gets a win over them that that win means everything
0: yes again there you go you see um Back from a break in this one, Fleur on top with Liz slapping him in the face. Macho goes for Liz, restricted by the ropes, and there's a comeback from Macho on Fleur when he finally diverts his attention back. More jabs, back body drop, top rope, axe handle, that sort of stuff from Macho. But it's one too many from Macho as he goes for another top rope axe handle and gets a shot in the abdomen. Uh, Matcho sent to the outside, a woman kicks him in the ribs, <laughs> just like, poof. Fleur <laughs> concentrating on the left leg. Uh, then there's a figure four for a couple of minutes. Fleur using the ropes while the fans chant for Macho to get out of it. Macho reverses. uh, The two exchange blows when um, Fleur releases the hold. Fleur up top, but to no avail. Uh, Fleur then attempts a clothesline, but the referee is the one that gets it, and Fleur goes out to the floor with Savage off the top rope with a huge axe handle uh, down to the floor, which I thought was a lot bigger than most of them that he normally does. Oh, yes. And as we're on the outside, Macho's tearing up the... um, tearing up the padding on the floor. And, well, here he comes. It's the man of the moment. It's the man of the hour. It's Hollywood Hogan. Oh, and he's got a chair. Oh, well, here we go. It's into Macho's back. And then he turns around and he drills it into his head. Oh, he um, fucking
1: properly stiff him with it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We well, are
0: complaining about Hogan's chair shots, to be fair.
1: Yeah, well, he's gotten better. He's gotten better with his chair shots. But now it's like... I don't know, maybe these two are not friends at the moment, and he's like, ah, fuck it, I'll just lay it in. Boom! Really, really nasty chair sure, shot there, Hogan, but well done for I, actually I don't improving.
0: Think, I don't think they were friends from from the point of, of Elizabeth's affair <laughs> in the WWF kind of thing, I know, but, but were, there were times... Along. Ever since then. There were times yeah.
1: where they just reconciled and then fucking fell out again. It's like, it's a normal thing with them two.
0: Yeah. Just wait for Hogan to tweet. Love you, Macho. Oh. <laughs> Love you, Macho. Wish you were still here. H-h. Honestly, H-h. Yeah. <laughs> uh HH. <laughs> Flo- Flair crawls back in. I-, I, don't- I can't even remember how Macho got him back into the ring here. Been- uh, Flair rolled him in. Back in. Uh, oh, in the meantime, referees have come down as well to see if uh, Anderson's all right. Of course, senior official Nick Patrick is there. Um, of course, the feet he is. Peter on the ropes for Flair. He gets the pin. Woman's holding the feet that are on the ropes and pins Macho with Nick Patrick counting the pin. Yes, like I said, it's not the original referee. As Anderson is still down and out. The winner in this one is Fleur via pinfall. Post match, Bischoff and Heenan are on their feet, speculating that Fleur was untouched by Hogan when it came to the chair shots, saying it's obvious that there's an implication here. Uh, we go back to Hog- Hogwild. Uh, gotta say, the he,
1: by the way, you're you all up one thing. Is that Heenan is absolutely fucking fuming at Fleur here as well. Like he, is. he's not he's not defending him at all he's fucking livid yeah and oh my god there's superb storytelling here again and it's just very little very little what they're doing it's just Heenan's like I can't defend this guy you know you've seen it better off. It's, it's blatantly obvious what this is you know he's, yeah. he's livid brilliant stuff mm-hmm. um,
0: yeah we go back to Hog-, Hog Wild finally for the main event between Hogan and Giant so there's pictures at first and then they go into video where the sprain of the, uh, the sprain of the belt happens and stuff like that. Uh, Gene is on the entranceway, and initially, I thought that Gene was going to get an interview with somebody coming back from the from the ring, but it turns out Hogan's on his way down. Uh, but Gene just knew that Hogan was there, uh, <laughs> and I thought it would have been better if Gene, if, if Hogan, would have just sort of gone down there and just sort of said, "Shut up, Gene," and just started talking. That would have been a little bit more. I don't know. Add a little bit more vigour to it.
1: I will say one thing though, the fact that it actually just comes out no music as well. Mm. There is not one person in the arena cheering him at this point, And this is gonna no. change very quickly, but he's getting an absolute chorus of booze. You know, just put it in my veins, mate. Put it in my veins.
0: <laughs> and he's strutting as well. He's yeah. strutting and he's got the belt. He's got he's got some of these nuances uh, nailed on fairly early on. Uh he says they took the title with ease. Made it the NWO title. Match is done and there is no stopping the NWO now. He also says that he didn't hit Flair because he wants no excuses when they meet at the clash for the title in three days' time. Again. The old Scott Norton ice train thing from a few weeks ago. Again, uh, just
1: uh, putting your opponent over. Fucking good job. Yeah, totally.
0: Fucking know, Hulk Hogan putting somebody over. Wow. <laughs> That's work. <rare. laughs> he did say that his new name is a stupid little man though. Oh, yeah. Uh, because they are categorizing, cagaturizing, categorizing. Yeah, no. Categorizing. You're not that wrong. That's exactly what Hogan said. <laughs> <laughs> and then try to correct himself by saying the exact same word the wrong way <laughs> again. So, uh, yes, he's calling him the stupid little man.
1: Yeah, that reeks of stinky giant territory, does not it? Yeah, really childish.
0: Exactly what I thought. Come on,
1: Hogan, you you're better yeah. than this now, surely. <laughs> Maybe not.
0: Uh, and to round off this Nitro, we're going to see the Outsiders face off against Sting and Lex Luger. Um, the Outsiders obviously come through the crowd uh, and not through the tunnel. Luger comes out, initially with, without Sting, but to Sting's theme. Weird, uh, weird it goes. <laughs> yeah, it goes right after the Outsiders. He double-teams d- double them. But uh, Sting comes out uh, and a big diving clothesline off the top onto big Kevin Nash. And uh, the fans are fucking screaming for it now.
1: I have to say one thing. Luger yeah. going at it with Nash and Hall, and pretty much on top of it, of them both for the most part, it couldn't be more blatantly obvious that he's been groomed to be one of the top faces in
0: Sting's absence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Good good shout on that one. Uh, Obviously, oh, so I don't know what's going to happen, but it, it, just, it just seems that way to me. Well, that's it. It can all change on a knife's edge, and that's the good thing about it. But it certainly does look like they're elevating him into that position. He's kind of proved himself a little bit, and he yeah, so yeah, he's shown that he can be the fiery
1: bit of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the outsiders use double team tactics, uh, and obviously, referee Nick Patrick <laughs> doesn't call for the DQs, which Bischoff obviously sort of allays on the uh, on the on the commentary desk. They are quite confused by it, actually. But there you go. Because they still think that Nick Patrick's a goody-goody two-shoes. In the end, it it turns out that, well, it, the four horsemen have had enough. And they come running out. And the outsiders completely bail uh, while Sting and Luger are sort of fucking getting the wits about them. Yeah. They bail through the crowd. There's no bell that rings. And Nick Patrick also leaves. Although I couldn't see if he left with the outside. He did. He, just, he did. Okay, yeah. so there you go. And the one thing um, here is
1: you miss that at one point... Uh, when Luger is taken out, Stinger fighting valiantly. Uh, one of my favourite words at the moment is valiantly. I've been saying it. I said it about Hungary in the Euros, and I'm like, yeah, I really like that word, and I never use it enough. <laughs> so yeah, it, it it does fit here. But um, when he's going through the Stinger splash, he does a Stinger uh, Spinger, Stinger splash to Nash. Yeah. And then he misses the one to Scott Hall in the other corner, and just dumps is dumped to the outside from it. the replay clearly shows Patrick drag Hall out the way, of the Stinger Splash.
0: Yes, yeah, I should have noted that.
1: Yeah. The commentary don't
0: notice that, though.
1: No, but the thing is, though, you don't notice that until the replay. Right. I mean, it's really weird how it happens. You don't see it. The camera angle obviously helps, but Nick just does it at the right time. Fucking hell, if he caught up the finish at Hogwild, he's he's made up for it here. Yeah, totally. You know?
0: Yeah. me and Gene interviews the Horseman, and uh, a Horseman versus NWO match is kind of teased. It Flair goes on about um, Hogan needs to meet... Oh, what was it? Sorry. Nash needs to try Mongo on for side. A <laughs> no, really Anderson. weird thing to say. Yeah, it is a bit. I mean, again, he's putting Mongo over, isn't he? But, I mean, come on. Trying to on for side. He's still about a fucking foot taller than Mongo. Yeah, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Uh, could you imagine that trying him
1: on for size like how do you do that it's like ooh uh, nice jacket here (laughs) just try and fucking stretch
0: his mongo around him (laughs) I reckon if he tried that his mongo still wouldn't fit yeah and we we close off this natural with Mean Gene Auckland closing off which is uh is uh, not a common occurrence it's not the two at the commentary desk it's Mean Jean saying good night, everybody and we'll see you next week for everybody at WCW and the rating for this one 3.3 to Rose 2.0 and i get the feeling i know what Brian's going to say about this natural yeah i um, i <laughs> <do you? laughs>
1: right
0: yeah, well i
1: want to uh, i want to point out one thing uh during the uh, final promo uh Nash um for <clears throat> teases that Benoit will face off whoever the fourth man is at Clash of the Champions. Mm, mm. So are we going to get a big debut at Clash? Mm, who well, knows?
0: Yeah. Either that or it's Benoit versus Nick Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? And Nick oh, Patrick is really. the referee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, uh, so... But yeah, other than that, what do you reckon? Uh, well, this show was like England versus Germany the other night. Tale of two halves. Yeah. Yeah, the first half was fucking dire, dial dire, And I really struggled to watch through it, to be honest. But The second half was decent, and I was actually left quite satisfied. Great storytelling oh, okay. this week, I have to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with it that. It was no
1: Harry came fucking scoring the second goal against Germany,
0: but he did a good job. So, do you think they've left some of it behind because you've got Clash of the Champions in three days?
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean... Yeah.
0: Because they're notoriously quite high-rated programs, aren't they, for WCW? Yes. So, so you, to get...
1: you know, you don't want to bring your A game before a clash or like that. Just keep your, your top stars. I mean, they, you say that, and you got fucking Savage and uh, Fleur facing off. And, I mean, you know what them two are like. Anybody could get injured in those matches. Yeah. You know, they got, it and it were really fucking fiery. And, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if Savage has a concussion after what Hogan did to him.
0: True. But, yeah, true, true. I see your point on that. We'll see. We'll see how that one pans out. Um, I think it's more or less a dead certainty that that we'll be doing Clash of the Champions in some form. Yeah. Uh, we'll just we'll, we'll wait and see about that one. Um, oh. The role results for this uh, week in the Raw versus Natural timeline: Farouk with Sonny defeating Skip with the Dominator in four minutes and thirty-four seconds. Yeah. If you're going to put anybody over, just make sure that Sonny's with them. That seems to be the WWF trademark that if if you want them to get over, put them with Sonny. Oh, okay. During the bout, a scroll appeared on the screen saying to stay tuned to see what... Well, All right, okay. <laughs> 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 to stay tuned to see what Vader has planned for Shawn Michaels. This was Farouk's in-ring debut. Uh, next up, crush with Clarence Mason. Defeated Savio Vega via submission with a full Nelson in 7 minutes and 16s. 16s? 16. <laughs> uh, prior to the bout, Jake Roberts called into the commentary table to tell Jerry Lawler that he would get his revenge at SummerSlam. Mason did a guest commentary for the bout and said that while Crush had been arrested on weapons and drugs charges, he was never convicted. During the match, a scroll ran across the screen saying to stay tuned to hear Bret Hart comment on the possible retirement, on his possible retirement, sorry. This was Crush's surprise return after more than an 18-month absence. Uh, Henry Godwin and Phineas Godwin with Hillbilly Jim defeated T.L. Hopper and who? When Henry defeated who? With the slop drop. Five minutes and thirty-one seconds. Can you elaborate on T.L. Hopper and who? Who's who? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Worst game of Guess Who ever. Um, T.L. Hopper. He was a plumber. That's his gimmick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's a toilet fixer. I think he's. A, I, I might be misremembering this. Uh, I might be thinking like everything was like uh, Isaac. Uh, I knew I said Isaac Newcomb then. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Yankum. Isaac Newcomb. I'm going to put a drill up your ass. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> down, 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 down. Uh, yeah, uh, Isaac Yankum. Uh, his entrance theme was.
0: <gasps>
1: yeah, uh, I think TL Hopper's entrance might have been a toilet flush. Oh, dear. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Fucking. Right, T. R. Hopper. Fucking WWE was in the toilet at this point. Hey,
0: <laughs> go on. That was a good punch. <laughs> <one. laughs> God damn it! I tell you, Jesus Christ. Um, you got to give me that one, dude. I know you don't like my yeah, fucking dad puns, yeah, but yeah, that was you, you a good well one. Off the cuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This. 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 Who guy? It's a. It's a real person. Um, but I don't know who it is. Uh, okay. So if I was to enter. Uh who? WWF. <laughs> who are we? WWF. Uh yeah, that's not uh Yeah, and then it'll give you the greatest stars of the nineteen nineties and it'll give you a picture of Sonny. Nah for fuck's sake. I've just got Roman Reigns, I don't think it was Roman Reigns. No. no.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, no idea.
0: Right, uh answers on a postcard please, guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're stuck here. Uh, during the bout, Bob Backlund briefly joined the commentary team uh, and oh, said he was Jesus. planning to bring someone into the WWF to be the WWF champion and act as a better role model than Shawn Michaels. Oh, my the God. Backlund. Could you
1: imagine Bob Backlund on fucking commentary? Uh, no. Yeah, could you imagine him actually calling, uh, calling the fucking action as well? That's a so
0: big! super so so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's how he fucking talks. Weird, weird guy. I mean, why was it... <laughs> Why was he in like such a he was in a, a position of power at some point, weren't he, back one? Um He was always considered like a I don't know, like an authoritative figure. Yeah. And he I never got it. Um Yeah, he, he was actually running for mayor at one point. Uh where, oh, wow, okay. I can't remember where, but yeah. Um he came party fucking last. <laughs> <laughs> After Backland left ringside, McMahon spoke with WWF president Gorilla Monsoon uh, about the WWF IC title, with Monsoon saying the title was now vacant and a tournament would begin, yep, yeah, Vince Russo's booking, a tournament would begin the following week to determine the new champion. WWF World Champion Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario defeated Owen Hart with Jim Cornette in a non title match following two super kicks after drop kicking and interfering Vader off a ring apron in nine minutes and five seconds. That actually sounds like a fairly decent contest, that, to be fair. Um, oh, what a save from Sweden's goalkeeper. What a save, point blank. Sweden? Sorry, Switzerland. <laughs> um, They've just got to buy ball-
1: into the fucking final eight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, look, if France versus Switzerland is going to get replayed, when even though they're playing now, uh, yeah, why not? Seriously, I, the other night when I was watching the Swiss,
1: uh, Switzerland, now I'm fucking doing it, Sweden-Ukraine game, <laughs> uh, the, la- the last fucking, when they got into extra time and there were all these injuries, and I nearly fucking went, ended up trending on Twitter because I put uh, uh, the image of all the fallen children from the trampoline in the Simpsons. And yeah, saying this is what it's like watching the fucking Switzerland. So again, you you fucked me up. You fucked me up. <laughs> Sweden-Ukraine game. Or something or other. Yeah, the amount of injuries that were happening in that game, I'm just like, fuck, what did these two I have no fucking players to field against England on Saturday and Germany gets a bye?
0: Oh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah. And to be fair though, I mean you, you got like like I said, you got like twelve likes in like fifteen seconds. I or know something it were like that, insane. Man. I went for a yeah. shower and I come back and it's like twenty odd retweets and I'm like, guys, it's not that funny. <laughs> I've I've said much funnier, what the fuck's going yeah, on? Yeah, it was <laughs> a fucking Simpsons reference, that's what it is. Yeah, man. I think it just got one good retweet. I'm not sure who by, uh, but obviously it fucking works. So for, kudos to you, kudos. Um after the bout with Shawn Michaels and Owen Hart, Vader brutalized the champion, and twice hit the Vader bomb before Michaels was pulled out of the ring by officials. Uh, but I might actually go and check that that main event. I out think, it does sound like a bit of a bomb. Yeah, burn.
1: I think this is uh, where Vader's career in WWF takes a fucking downward spiral because. Uh, oh yeah. I, I do remember uh, he stepped a power bomb, and Shawn Michaels said, "I will not work with him because they were yeah. meant to be in a program together." Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Fucking all the power. Yeah, I'm not going to work with that
0: guy. So, yeah, let's just fucking make him look like an idiot then. Yeah. Which, I mean, Vader's a stiff motherfucker anyway, so, I mean, yeah. That is just being a bit of a pussy, if you ask me. Yeah, exactly. That was fucking Shawn Michaels in 1996
1: and 1997 and 1998, you know. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just a pussy boy. Pussy boy!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, that's the end of this uh, episode of the Nitrogen Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to be back with the Clash of the Champions. We don't know if it's going to be a watch long. We don't know if it's going to be a normal one. Just keep your eyes peeled. Keep your subscriptions. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You can subscribe to podcasts. If you do that, then it'll just fall straight into your inbox, and job done. Happy days. Um, For me, Marvelous Mark Ashworth, and for Bonacious Brian Badshaw over there, he's at Brian Crap. Go and give him a follow. His Simpsons references are fantastic. The preceding announcement was paid for by the Nitrogen Podcast. This is good shit, chico.